0: The entire team at the Emsolation podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be.
1: This is Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation with M Rossiano.
0: Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is M Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, and this is Free Time Tuesday, and I'm going to get straight into it we need to talk about vulvas. We truly, truly do because I had my eyes opened wide over the weekend when I asked my community online how they clean their vulva because there's been a viral TikTok going about where a lot of different vulva havers were talking about the way they clean themselves and nobody seemed to have a definitive answer. And the answers I got were very worrisome. And I thought, We need to do a group gyno visit. That's what I thought. All of us need to go together to see a gynecologist and we found one. Dr. Cara Thompson is joining us today. She is an incredible gyno. She has her own podcast, Pregnancy Uncut, www.pregnancyuncut.com. She's beautiful, approachable, knowledgeable, wonderful, and was open to basically all the questions I learned so much. You wait. You'll hear my brain explode several times. And as someone who considers themselves fairly vulva savvy, I should put that on my bio, vulva savvy, I realised I'm really probably not, <laughs> which means a lot of you are way worse. I wanted to do this for you all because I got a lot of messages from uh, people who have vulvas saying, I feel shame, I feel lost, I, I don't know if what am I normal. And I wanted to help that. You know, I'm always about helping that and shedding the light, putting some light into the dark places. And goodness me, isn't this a dark place for some of us? All right, that's enough for me. Let's bring in Dr. Cara. Dr. Cara Thompson answered the call out. Uh, Cara, are you expecting to get such a, <laughs> a group? I've, told, I've said to everyone, we're going on a group visit to the gynecologist. <laughs> Sorry. we're doing
1: it we're doing it no just my usual monday morning just <laughs> chatting to chatting on a podcast about all things Volvo's. well
0: now you have your own podcast let's give that a plug right off the bat yes Let's plug it. Yep. So it's
1: called pregnancy uncut. Good. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> so many <laughs> triple entendres. Good. I like it. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, it's a, a another doctor, mum, colleague, friend of mine, and we both had pretty rocky starts to fertility and pregnancy life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we were just sitting around on birth Suite one night, as you do, talking about it, and we just realised that we you know, it it was so hard to talk about and we both felt so almost ashamed of our stories and we thought, you know, what are we doing? Like if we're literally women's health doctors and we're not (laughs) able to openly talk about our miscarriages and our IVF and things like that, then, you know, how do we expect other people to, to be able to do that? So the podcast was born and, yeah, each week we just tell a story of a pregnancy or fertility plan that just doesn't go as expected and I think the more we get those stories out there, just the the better it is, and the more comfortable people feel if 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 they're in that position. One
0: hundred percent. Which is look the theme of today. I look. I uh, am known as the Virgin Lady. My brand alignment <laughs> is with vulvas <laughs> because I once danced on stage with twelve dancing vulvas singing a great. song called "Flap Up." So yeah, great. And anytime <laughs> there's any sort of vulva content online, my community tag me in it. And there was a video kind of circulating on TikTok of a lady talking about how she washes her vulva. And then she said, look, this is something we've never been told. Can you pop in the comments below what you do or how you do it? And there was tens of thousands of people. And I was reading through the comments going, nobody knows what they're they're." they're doing. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm going to ask my community because a high percentage of my community have vulvas, be it trans men, yeah. AFAB, a community or women, cis women. So um, I just put it out there as a general, hey, how do you, <laughs> how do you watch? Should be, should be an easy question. question. And the various responses, Dr. Kara, I and just terrifying, like outright flap abuse. Like, I don't even know where to start, but before You're we, it out. Yeah before we get to the correct way to wash one's yeah. vulva, I want to let I mean, I'm sure you already are aware of this, but I have discovered a high percentage of vulva owners. The first time they see a gynecologist is when they're having a baby. Yes. That's the first. I mean, and that is a baptism of fire because <laughs> <laughs> all things going to plan, your nether regions are about to go through hell and you are meeting the ringmaster who's going to, you know, work with the, the OBGYN. Like it, it, you all work hand in hand. Yeah. Why do you think, I mean, and I know, I know the answer and everybody, why are women so reluctant
1: to see a gynecologist. Because it's scary, right? Like we we have never been taught about our anatomy and about our reproductive functions and it's not something that we've ever been told to own and to not feel ashamed or stigmatised about. And so we all have internalised that and we're all, you know, I really hope the next generation is not going to be like this, but certainly everyone who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s now have been raised to think that it's shameful and you can't just go around talking about things that happen down there. And I think that extends to your doctor. It's not that people feel comfortable automatically talking to a gynecologist. And especially it's changing, but especially in the past, gynecologists were almost always men. Okay, we need to talk Nothing, about that. I don't we need to talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, you don't have the equipment so <laughs> it's like me becoming a doctor of the dick. I mean, I can study dicks. <laughs> you can dicks. do that though, Em. you are good at it. I, could st- I would. I can study yeah. dicks till the cows come home, but I don't have one. Yeah. And I just feel like I know this, I don't know if this is a controversial statement, but I would rather see a doctor with, that specialises in vulvas that has a vulva.
1: Yeah, and you are definitely not alone okay, in good, that. Good. Most people do. Okay. Most people do. And I've got to be careful because, you know, a lot of my wonderful colleagues are in. men. Yep. They're excellent gynecologists and obstetricians, but the people who matter here are the people who are seeking out a healthcare provider and often they do choose to see another vulva, vulva mm-hmm. owner, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good that people have that option. And, of course. But, yeah, yes, people, not to
0: discount the work of yeah. the male uh, gynos and I had a male obstetrician uh, yeah. and he was wonderful. And, yeah. But, yeah, I just, for me, I don't know. Yeah. I think about when, someone, when I meet totally. someone and they're like, he's a dude and, yeah, I'm a gyno, I'm like, are
1: you? Yeah. Are you? And especially when it comes to things like, you know, pelvic pain and painful heavy periods. Yes. Like, you know.
0: Like trying to explain that. Yeah, I do. But that's, that's fine. We digress. So <laughs> there's an, an enormous amount of shame and you're right and it also extends right to periods and, oh, no, there's period blood and gross. Mm-hmm. And, and gross, whenever yucky. I catch my teenage daughters saying something about period blood or like, oh, I bled onto this and how how disgusting all my this, I said, why? It's just blood. If you cut yeah. your nose, you wouldn't have that reaction. Your internalised misogyny. Yeah. is now seeping through and I need to, and even in my household, I still have to remind my daughters there is no shame yeah. in period blood. There is no shame in discharge. Like, but these are just things in high school and beyond. We're just not taught.
1: Yeah, We're yeah, just, it, absolutely. It
0: seems that the vulva is a mystery to a high percentage of vulva havers.
1: Absolutely. And I think that I've got three young daughters myself, em, and I think probably your daughters and my daughters are in the minority in that we walk around constantly talking about the correct anatomy and what happens with the vagina and what happens with the period and, and this is your labia and this is your vulva, yeah. but I don't think that's the majority. And so it is, it's just a big mystery box. Can I Excuse ask you, Dr.
0: Kara, if there are some parents listening now that are unsure how to talk to their kids if their kids menstruate? or even just a, around any sort of health around the vulva, mm. how should they have a conversation with their kids? Like what would you advise? Because I I'm, I get asked a lot, why are you so open with them? How do, they, how do you do it? How do you talk to them? Like what kind of language and how would you advise a parent that's just yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know how to do it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's about it's about feeling empowered and comfortable yourself, right? Like if you don't if you don't have that knowledge and you don't feel comfortable using those words, then mm-hmm. that's going to come across so obviously. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe it's a good opportunity to educate yourself a little bit about about your bodily functions and anatomy and mm-hmm. um, those things that and maybe investigate why you don't feel comfortable talking about it and that's perfectly yeah. normal and and expected really given the environment we all grew up in. Yeah. Um so I think I think empowering yourself with that knowledge mm-hmm. and then when you do have that chance to talk about it ideally it would just come across like a completely normal conversation, you yeah. know? What's yeah. for dinner? Clean your room. What's going on with your period? Yes. You know, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be some big thing that we need to sit down with and have an awkward conversation. No. But that takes that takes confidence, and it takes it takes knowledge that not everybody has, and that's where we need to to fix that from the from the ground up. Hey,
0: you're so that's so correct. You've got to look at why you're if you're struggling, your kids are definitely going to struggle. Like it's just gonna it's just gonna trickle down. It's gonna be passed on, and you don't want that. But it's, it's so true because I say to my girls, "Where are you in your cycle?" I just ask them like, like a pop yeah. quiz, like, when are you due? How are you feeling? <laughs> now, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. What have you got? Okay, now you know you're going to be feeling really cranky and exhausted on that day. You need to take care of yeah. yourself. And I think Love it. empowering your, the, the people in your life, the young people that menstruate, is so important because that's not spoken about either in school. The fluctuations yeah. of hormones during a cycle Like and especially for me, I've learned with being neurodiverse with autism and ADHD, your symptoms are way worse at certain times. And the dream for me would have a gynecologist and a psychologist team up for me, because that kind of (laughs) stuff isn't spoken about. This whole area of women's health is just so neglected.
1: It so is. It so is. mm. There's so far to go. Which brings me, which brings me to why you're here. Circle back.
0: Circle back. So when I asked my community how they wash their vulvas, <laughs> tell me. I don't know what order to do this in. I think maybe, okay, so I got a really, let like, hundreds, if not thousands of, they take their shower head off, they put it on the highest setting and they douche their birth canal essentially like like they're hosing off the driveway for Christmas Day. In- <laughs> insane like sitting on a spa jet. That is how, yeah. So can we talk about, let's talk about why that isn't blunt force trauma to your internal
1: reproductive organs. Isn't great. Not recommended. So I think that there is benefits that we can clearly think of, of using that, those shower functions. Yes. You want to get off, if you want to have
0: an orgasm, fine. But even then, you're whole clitoris. It. I mean, that's
1: a lot of <laughs> yeah. pressure coming out. Maybe it. not the high pressure, exactly. But no, you don't. It, it, so, what it reminds me of is people who have an injury from water skiing, right? Where if you're water skiing and you hit the hit the water, and you can get water going right up um, your vagina, in through the cervix, into the uterus, and you can get seriously injured that way. So, it's not a good idea. It's not necessary is the most important thing and it's potentially risky. It's going to cause problems in terms of upsetting your bacteria or putting you at risk of other, um, other infections um, and bacterial overgrowth and so you, you're doing yourself a disservice. So
0: <laughs> what about if one changed, What if it was a gentle stream of water, is that still not advisable?
1: So, you don't need to put anything inside your vagina to take home. <laughs> well, for the purposes of this conversation, let's be clear. Yeah. When one is thinking about having a clean vagina, you just don't, you do not need to put anything inside your vagina to make it clean. So, vaginas are very wonderful that way. They're very self cleaning. They're very. Very good at keeping themselves in balance. Mm-hmm. There's a few exclusions to that that we can have a bit of a chat about, but in general, you don't need to put anything, whether it be at water or any douching material inside of Apple cider vinegar. Because mm-hmm. that
0: one came through. Wow. So after their periods, a few women squirt apple cider vinegar up there
1: for gin. What would you say That's, to that, Dr. Carr? Oh, I, I would say a big no. I'd give that a big no. <laughs> oh, I nearly died when I read that I one. Wow. I know. Yes, I don't know where people get these things from. Well, I know where they get them from. They get them from the internet and TikTok by the sounds of it.
0: Well, I, uh, that one was horrendous. The other one that really has a stronghold on thousands, Femfresh, Vagisil, these products that are designed specifically to clean an area, and yeah. then obviously women will be like, "Oh, I'm I'm probably meant to then because that's what this is." making. Yeah. First of all, they don't even mention the word vulva with the femme Fresh stuff. Like you yeah. don't even read any any of the anatomically correct terms. So straight away, shame. Yeah. Secondly, the floral scent looks like, so we're meant to smell like a flower down there, are we? <laughs> and I just have such an issue with these washes, and I, I know when I walk past them at the supermarket, I like scowl at yeah. them. But, yes. But, Kara, I can't tell you thousands of times how
1: many times yeah. I read the word femme Wow. So this is this just epitomises late capitalism, doesn't it? It's just it's capitalising and commercialising on people's insecurities and, sh- and fears and shame for something that is just completely unnecessary and yeah. people, if they're told they're not normal or they're smelly or they need to do this to smell right, of course they are got to pay money to do it.
0: It's just so, it makes me so mad that not only are we, you know, shamed into having to look a certain way and, you know, dress a certain way and be a certain body weight, now our internal mm. body is being policed. Like, like literally inside us is being policed and being told it has to meet a certain beauty standard. So you categorically state to ladies and vulva owners listening now, do not use those products. That say no. that they're specifically designed. Say it. Say it. No. Say it, Dr. No, Clara.
1: Do, 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 do not spend any money on anything that purports to claim your vagina in in inverted commas because you do not need it. You're wasting your money mm-hmm. and you're probably going to create harm for yourself. Exactly. All you need is to just give you know a shower, just a jet water. And pat yourself dry, that is it. Oh, we need to do it now. And we're talking about the vulva The vulva. We're going to get you to... The vulva.
0: So a lot of people still, like, this is the other thing. A lot of people who own vulvas call them vaginas. Yeah. So explain, and I know this may seem ridiculous to some people, but I only really learnt it five years ago that there's a difference. And out of habit I still say vagina because it's also one of my favourite words. Um, There's just so much power behind it. But it's actually so the entire chassis is the Volvo, yeah. right?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the vagina gets way too much credit. So the vagina <laughs> is not really doing, it does, it's not doing anything good, right? right. It's just a conduit okay. between your uterus if you ever want to use it mm. um, and the vulva where all the good stuff is. Mm. So the vagina doesn't really have much in the way of nerve endings. It doesn't have much in the way of function really, other than just being a a passage, right? Got it. So all the good stuff is in the vulva. So in particular, of course, I'm thinking about the clitoris, Mm. which as I'm sure you know, Mm. is so much bigger and better and more spectacular than we ever realized. Mm. Um, And that, that, um, evidence and that understanding is just starting to come to light. So your clitoris is is part of your vulva. You've got your labia majora, so mm. the outside lips. The flaps. You've got your labia. Yeah, yep, the outside flaps. You've got your labia minora, the inside flaps. And are they the little?
0: Sh- they're the little like crinkly bits.
1: Thinner, yeah. So yep. they're the thinner ones. But I don't like to say they're the they're the little ones because did you know that over half of people with a vulva. Their inner lips mm. will be longer than their outer lips. Oh, good to know. So, you know, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the concept of Innie and outy. Yeah. And people, you know, think that. But well, the clitoris in- sits,
0: uh, there's no hood covering it. Is that what you mean? No, I no, mean the so, lips. So, the, the lips, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So, the
1: inside lips being longer than the outside. Okay. Lips. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's this myth that people always have their inside lips being very small mm. and you can't see them and they're tucked away mm. um, in the way that we often see, you know, airbrushed and on porn and porn. things like that. yeah. But in fact, most people, the majority, they'll be longer so they sit out. Oh. So you your inner, yeah. So some people they're, they're smaller and they're tucked away mm. but for over half people they're um, longer. That's so, so good to know. So vulva I havers, know. that's totally normal. Yes. Oh, good. Totally normal. So, yeah, there was a big research paper that came out about it recently that um, because medicine is, you know, we follow the patriarchal world, right, and mm. so we're very slow to catch on, mm. you know, to do any research or investigation or pay any attention to, to women's health problems or people with vulvas. And so, yeah, there's some papers that came out recently where people have actually measured labia minorias and labia, labia majoris, mm. so the big flaps and the little flaps mm. or the outside flaps and the inside flaps. Mm. And, yeah, surprise, surprise, the inside flaps are often... Longer. Inside
0: flap overhang is normal, gang. Yes, put that on a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. It rhymes. Okay, so that's good to know. The vulva is the rock star. The vagina just got all the credit.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, it comes back to the, you know, Mm. patriarchal-centred interpretation of sex, right? Mm. Because the men... The men need the vagina. The vagina is what gives the men pleasure. Because the, the vagina is where doing...
0: the men park their
1: penis. Correct. So it's pen, penetrative sex is pleasurable for the man. And so that's why vagina got all this attention, oh right? Oh my God, Kara. <gasps> I'm blowing it open, wide open. Of
0: course it is. That's the only bit <laughs> they care about because I don't care that's about the clitoris. That's the only coderous. bit they care oh. about.
1: The, the clitoris is useless <laughs> to them
0: and So that's why it's had no attention, right? <sighs> Oh, my God. So the PR for the vulva was left to the, the patriarchy and they're like, alien, eh, you care about
1: the bit that makes us feel good and that's Correct. why. Oh. That's why we keep going on our, about our vaginas because we've been taught to centre them yes. in our pleasure when, in fact, they're, you know, I'm not going to say irrelevant, but they're definitely a second to all the other stuff that's going on out front.
0: Okay, so to everyone listening now, you need to educate every other person in your life that it's vulva. And that, that's the feminist thing to do and here's why. We're changing it. I don't want to hear the word virgin vagina ever again. Oh, my God, I love it. Um, okay, so that's good. So we're there. So how do we clean? Like I want you to give me a step-by-step. Yeah, cap. Okay. But wait, actually put a pin in that. Sorry, I'm ADHD so I'm going to go on a side quest. Women obviously, women and vulva owners obviously turn to heavy-duty soaps because mm-hmm. there's this like they, they're worried about a smell yeah how should a healthy vagina smell what is that yeah. smell
1: yeah so healthy vaginas can have a smell mm. so there's a bit of a myth that they don't have a smell mm. of course they do mm. um and it can change it can fluctuate with your cycle so one person's smell might change throughout the month um it's only when it's you know a really strong or particularly like a really fishy yeah. odor yeah. that's when we think, hey, there might be a bit of an imbalance there that might be worth getting checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but it, but a smell by itself, if it's not you know really strong or really fishy, perfectly normal.
0: Yeah, there should be. So when we're going to clean our vaginas, we're, mm-hmm. we're in the shower. Okay. Leave the shower head where it belongs. <laughs>
1: for the purposes of cleaning yes
0: so what about those who say around the the outer flaps yeah who feel like they want to they want to clean it maybe there's some hangover period blood on the hair or there's a bit of clot action yeah are we allowed to use anything around the out exterior the outer rim yeah yeah
1: Yep. Yeah. So water. Just water. Right. Just splash just splash your outside bits. So your vulva. Do not do not worry about the inside vagina. As you said, we are leaving. So our no own. water at all up inside. You know, wow. No. No. Nothing, no need. But on the outside, mm. so our vulva, mm. so our, our labia, et cetera, mm. you can get in there with your hand and your water and give it a good clean like mm. you would any other body part in the shower or in the bath, mm. go for it. Mm. But you don't need to use anything, you don't need to use anything branded. You don't need to use any soap even, mm-hmm. nothing sort of um, that's you know, says it's going to make it smell different or smell better or change the pH, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Water is all you need. So that's it. The problem is no one can make money off that, right? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure vagina water,
0: vulva water will be a thing. I'm sure <laughs> yes, that's right true. now some that's true. Yeah, they'll, they'll be putting cuz we buy bottled water which we can already get for free. Look at you, you're drinking from bottled water right now that you paid for. Yeah. I'm a
1: sucker. Yep. I'm
0: telling you right now vulva water with it's some copyright. kind of mystical properties. Copyright it. Get in
1: there.
0: <laughs> All right. So this has been amazing. So, okay, we're going just on water. Now, you touched on the fishy smell that might happen, which could be bacterial mm. vaginosis. Indeed. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, now, one woman did message, and it really broke my heart, she's like her mother obviously had struggles with that, and she said, I just equate that fishy smell to my mother, and my biggest fear is having that, so I just scrub
1: and scrub every day. Yeah. But that could actually cause it, couldn't in, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, so bacterial vaginosis. So it's super common. Mm. So about one in ten people will have it at some point. No. So it's not it's not rare. No. It comes and goes, especially if you're sexually active. Yeah, can you you're get it from a lot of out. sex? It's It can contribute to getting it, but it's not like we don't think of it like a sexually transmitted disease in the sense that you can't no. give someone else BV. No, no, but it can um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, having a lot of sex can be a contributor to getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, safe sex. But basically it's an it's an overgrowth of your natural bacteria. So you have these what we think of as good bacteria and bad bacteria. Mm-hmm all the acid bacteria and the basic bacteria. Mm -hmm. And so you get this overgrowth of the anaerobes, which is the basic bacteria. So instead of having a nice acidic vagina, Mm -hmm. um, it moves across to be more um, basic. And so you get this fishy smell Mm. and you can get this increased discharge. Mm. It can be quite uncomfortable, Mm. like a little bit itchy, a little bit yucky. Um, And that is definitely a reason to go and see your very friendly Gynecologist or general practitioner. Yep. Um, but it is not a reason to go getting in there with your, your douche and your water and all those things because it's that's not going to help. No. And in fact, anything you put up inside your vagina is going to change that pH and it usually shifts it in the wrong yep. direction. So in fact, a lot of things will say it's going to make it less likely to get BV. Mm. But we think that most of most of the things that people want to put up their vaginas. And these products are doing the opposite, and they're actually going to make it more likely to end up with BV and that imbalance. And how do you treat it? How do you treat it? So friendly doctor. <laughs> uh, so antibiotics is the short answer. Ah, so easy. Usually, yeah. Yeah, so you can either have antibiotic tablets or antibiotic creams. Um, it's it's really responsive to treatment and it usually goes away quite easily, oh. but it can come back. Mm. Um, so that's not too uncommon. So we always just keep, keep a look out for those symptoms. It's nothing to be ashamed of. As I said, it's just an imbalance of the bacteria. It's common, um, but it's super annoying and it is definitely worth worth getting some treatment for.
0: What's the most common thing women come to you for?
1: Pregnancy. <laughs> So, I see a lot of pregnant women. Um, but I think you know, the commonest things that we see in gynecology land uh, I would say I would say pain is the most common yeah. pain and and periods that are really interfering with life, so really heavy periods, mm. unpredictable periods. Mm. Um but yeah, I think we're finally starting to give ourselves permission to get our pain taken seriously and investigated and realizing that, you know, painful periods that are stopping you do, doing what you want with your life, that's not normal. And we used to previously just put up with it and you'd go and see your male GP and say, yeah, have a have a lie down, have a hot pack. Um, and yeah, we're the word's out there now that actually that's not normal.
0: What's a heavy period?
1: Yeah, a heavy period is, is you saying I've got a heavy period, yep. basically. So we used to have these really arbitrary cutoffs, like if you have this many pads, or this much bleeding, but in fact, if you say to me, "Hey, my period is really heavy," it's you know stopping me going off to work that day, or it means I can't leave the house.
0: Oh, that's my entire life. I didn't realize yeah. you're informing That's not me. Normal. Right?
1: Yeah. Really? That's not normal. No.
0: I just assume I'm a bleeder, and I am. I can't leave the house. You should, your period should
1: not stop you doing what you need to do.
0: Mine has started becoming irregular too, because I'm 43, so perimenopause is imminent. Yes. Yes. Obviously, the makeup of your vulva changes heading into that territory. Mm. What does mm. happen? Mm. What does change?
1: So the main things with perimenopause is going to be your periods changing often. Yeah. That's the thing that people often notice. It is. So. Um, and you think that yeah, yeah have your kids and you've done the hard yards and you think you just sort of cruising down to your menopause and it's all going to just dwindle mm-hmm. and stop. But in fact, yeah, you often get a bit of a rude shock and that is that you, your hormones are just all over the shop mm. and you can get really, you feel like you're a bit of a teenager again. Like you can go yes. back to having irregular yes. irregular periods, super heavy. Explosive
0: ones. Yes, and all the PMS stuff comes oh back. Oh, my God, so bad. Oh, my God, you're blowing my mind again because like a lot of women are my age or a lot of people who will go through menopause as well and who listen to this podcast and that was a question I specifically got asked to ask you. Was Yeah. So that, that it all goes it all goes haywire proper.
1: Yeah. Does go haywire. And not for everyone. Like some people do just cruise down into the menopause oh. and they have their last period and it's all fine. Um but yeah, for most people, it does, it gets it gets worse before it gets better.
0: Oh God. Yeah. Great. thanks. I've got a let's look forward to thanks. That's but cool. you don't
1: have to put up with it. That's the other thing. You don't have to put up um, with it.
0: I am. I am me, the vagina lady, the vulva woman.
1: No. I am
0: putting up with it because I just I don't know, part of me is just I have done, I don't know, how long have I been menstruating? 30 years of intense, mm. explosive, a lot of blood. I'm chronically anemic too. Like I have to have an intravenous iron every oh. six months. So I don't know. I just never thought about going to see someone like you and and that yes. there's options, that there's things. Oh, there's
1: so really? many options. Oh, my gosh. Periods are a waste of time and money ah. and <laughs> yeah. you do not need to Have them, if really? unless you want to. Have I do not them, want it, it. I don't want to get my period ever no, again. Don't get your periods. There's treatment out there, and there's such a good range of treatment out there. You do not need to be going through heavy periods, meaning that you can't leave the house. Give that me is, what's a treatment nah. option?
0: Give me one treatment, okay?
1: Option, All right, me. okay. So, look so at me just most...
0: having my own appointment oh. now, live.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take your blood pressure. We'll go through a few things. So, no the most the most common is to pop something called a myrina intrauterine device in, Mm. and myrenas get a really bad rap, right? Because for people who've had a bad experience, and they definitely don't suit everyone. Mm. For people who've had one. It's a classic thing with um, with anything you buy or anything you use. You tell like a hundred people if mm. you've had a bad experience, but most people who have Marina love them, and then they don't really tell anyone about them. They just quietly have them in. So basically, they're like a tiny little hormone rod, like two centimeters, a mm. little bit of plastic. Mm. They sit in the womb and they last for at least five years, but probably a whole lot longer. Mm. And they thin the lining of the womb, so your period is. The lining of the womb mm. getting thick, mm. and then the bleeding is it all coming away because you're not pregnant. There's no baby, mm. so if you thin that lining, you either get no periods mm. or tiny, tiny little insignificant periods. Mm. And if you had an Irena in now, you said you're forty-three, mm. almost certainly by the time it stopped, the hormone stopped working in it. You're getting into menopause time, and then boom, you're probably done. Oh no God. more periods. Yeah, you're yes. right because I've read terrible things about them, so I didn't yeah. go and get one. <gasps> no, they need it, they need a good uh public relations officer, Marina. <laughs> Honestly, they've got some really bad PR. But I would say nine out of ten people I put I put a Marina in just absolutely love them. And oh, wow. they rave about them, but no, but no one really tells those stories. And for the one in ten that they don't suit, you know, you might have a side effect or you just don't like them for any reason. This easy, you just pull the little string, GP can, you can if you can feel your cervix, and just pull it out.
0: Gone. Oh my goodness. So you have really, like, in, like, we're wrapping up now, but you have, my goodness, done a lot of good work here today. Like, now we know <laughs> about the patriarchal hold on our vulvas. Yep. I, I don't have to have explosive periods. I know how to <laughs> clean myself properly now. I mean, Dr. Cara. We've covered a lot. You're a gem. This is so good. So your podcast go and check out the podcast, Pregnancy Uncut. Dr. Kara. what would you like to say to any of anyone with a vulva who's sitting in sitting in their car now, maybe a bit teary-eyed, thinking, I've got to get control. Mm. Now I understand. What do you want to say to the vulva owners, the insulation community? Because yeah. I know so many of them are now going to go and maybe action some things. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. I would say think about the the problem that you're having either with whether it be pain or heavy periods or thinking that your vulva is smelly or whatever it is mm. and think about that thing and think, if this was a male problem and men had this problem, would they just be sitting around putting up with it or would there be an incredible treatment that they would expect or demand mm. to have? Mm. And almost always the answer is absolutely, they would yep. not sit around and put up with it. So. Neither should you go and see your GP as a first instance and go and see your friendly gynecologist because you do not have to put up with these troublesome symptoms. Um, there is help out there. And, Em, you need to do the same thing. So <laughs> make an appointment.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? I did not know. I will. I will. I'm going to. Dr. Kara, thank you so much. You're a gem. You'll have changed so many people's lives today. You have no idea the difference you've just made. No, truly, truly, truly. And I appreciate your time on such short notice. My pleasure.
1: Thank you. See you later. This is Free Time Tuesday on Amstelation with M Rossiano.
0: Well, there you go. You will never say vagina again. And you are to correct every single man you come across who tries to say otherwise. And now we know why. Wasn't that incredible finding that out? Dr. Cara Thompson uh, can be found, of course, at the Pregnancy Uncut podcast. Go and have a listen. I'm going to have her back. I feel like we need to do a whole series on this. This has truly opened Pandora's box, pun intended. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Thursday with the regular pod as always. Hello to all our new listeners. I, You know, I did some slight online bullying of my community over the weekend just saying, hey, why aren't you showing up for the podcast? Please do. And now we have so many more. I looked, I did check the stats. We brought up the charts, thank goodness. So uh, we'll hear you Thursday. We hope, I hope I can keep you coming back. Michael and Marcella will be in as per usual. Thanks for being here today. And, um, you know, maybe go off and get yourself a little hand mirror and prop it up and go just, go Go have a look at your vulva. Go make yourself acquainted. And I obviously need to go make myself an appointment. Bye, gang.
1: Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation is a Spotify-exclusive podcast hosted and produced by M. Rossiano, recorded and edited at Down the Hill Studios by Ezekiel Finn. A brand-new episode of Emsolation with M. Rossiano drops every Thursday, 6am, only on Spotify.